Hello, and welcome to the Interjections Podcast, subtitled The Undiscovered Decade. This is our uh, year-end wrap-up. We've made it to the end of 1993. Woohoo! Uh, so, we're here to talk about our top five. Like the last three years, I've aggregated everything in what is called a... Um, there's a Bonda format where you uh, take our top fives individually and then combine them, give the number one film five points, the number five film, one point, and then together, if we had the same film in our lists... A ranked voting system, if you will. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, it's better than, you know, my usual system, which is just picking names out of a hat. Which happened last year. Yeah, that's how we got my cousin Vinny to win. I finally watched it the week after. (laughs) Yeah. How did you feel about it, now that it was your favorite film of the year? I still... I stand by my answer. Okay. Well, at least there's... In my heart of hearts... I knew. Might as well uh, address the elephant in the room. Uh, the foursome is a threesome today. Uh, Corey could not be with us, but we have his picks. And so that is included within the account. So uh, without further ado, there's always some honorable mentions because there's individual films that are in the bottoms of our list that don't only get one point or whatnot. So I'll go through those fairly quickly. There was Geronimo, an American legend, is the only one of our films that we covered this year in this list at all. It only got one point because it was Jimmy's fifth choice. Yeah. Uh, but we also have Cool Runnings, Demolition Man, Super Mario Brothers, mm, Last that. Action Hero, A Bronx Tale, Dave, Homeward Bound the Incredible Journey, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and Robin Hood Men in Tights, all different films that we enjoyed this from 1993. So... Four, four and five are essentially tied because they both got five points. They're both yeah. two of our number one films. So we're just going to start with our number five pick, which is Army of Darkness. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. I just Since we didn't cover it in the year necessarily. No, we didn't. Um, Army of Darkness was my favorite. My, that was my pick of the year because I was really into the Evil Dead movies uh, in college. And that of... The trilogy that was that was my favorite of the three, what? maybe because it had to do with time travel, but also mm-hmm. just like, I, it's just a great movie. I think that's the one that I've seen the most out of all the uh, Evil Dead movies. And I watched yeah. uh, two and three this yeah. year to catch up, since especially we were getting to this. So it's, it's apropos, or at least yeah. it's nice that I got to it, so we can actually talk yeah. about. It. Yeah, I think it's my favorite of the three as well, just because it has some. Interesting fantasy elements. The first one sets everything up well, and the second yeah. one just does it better. But the third one really takes the idea and runs with it. Yeah. So I think if they kept going, it could have gotten bigger and better. Who knows? But at least we'll have this. They knew their, you know, they hit their stride. They figured out well, what I, I elements. Think, I think to... that was like their 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 like <coughs> peak because like they kind of branched out from there because like they ended up in a lot of other sci-fi fantasy. Tropes, shows, yeah. uh, oh, movies. the people, like, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. involved. Like, they just branched out. Sure, like, I'm pretty sure that that's what got them like more jobs, right, down the line. Well, you so. could tell it. Yeah, uh, they, they built their careers from that. <laughs> when we were watching it this time, you're like, oh, that person was on Xena. That person was on oh, Hercules. Yeah. No, exactly. And so they're all on these Canadian 
pseudo productions that yeah. uh, were, were basically the WB Saturday afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But cool. It, it felt yeah. like one of those. And uh, I don't know. You like um, Bruce Campbell a lot? I do. Yeah. I like that he's still doing it too because he got Asher's <laughs> Evil Dead. He got the. He, he was not. I read when I was looking up if there was going to be a fourth film at any point that he apparently retired after the end of the show. But they still seem to want to have that crossover with the new girls that have been in the one that came out this year yeah. and the one that came out back in 2013. Yeah. Because you could. You could do whatever you want with everyone's, Evil Dead. Everyone's doing a multiverse now anyway, yeah. so yeah. he'll be I, back. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, have you seen the two newer Evil Dead? I haven't. Yeah, neither have I. Because I stopped at Army of Darkness. It was a perfect film, and I'm not yeah. done. Yeah. I like Jane Levy, so I, I'm curious. But I don't expect to like it more than this. Yeah. So This is a lot of fun. Yeah. So, good choice. I was surprised it was even in here, let alone your number one. When I found out it was in 1993, I was like, ooh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, it was toward the top of the list. Right, right. <laughs> and don't worry. like Other films of ours actually uh, made it into this yeah. top five. Uh so we'll we'll take a cue from our elf and talk about number four, which tied the Age of Innocence. I'm not going to do a voice, but <laughs> uh, I'll talk for Corey. I I have seen this. I don't think you two have. No, it's, it's the Martin Scorsese film yeah. about uh, the Gilded Age, essentially. Okay, we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about it during his section that month. I think it was October's episode, but uh, it's basically. Daniel Day-Lewis ends up in a love triangle with Michelle Pfeiffer and Winona Ryder because he is sort of bequeathed to Winona Ryder. They expect them to get together based on their families in New York. And it all takes place on the Upper West Side. It's what built the high society of New York was this Gilded Age familial descendant expectation society. Uh, I know that was a just word vomit sentence but essentially there was a society that was built up to make sure that no one came in from the outside of that society Michelle Pfeiffer is from another town and so even though Daniel Day-Lewis is clearly in love with her he can't express this and she can't express this and he's meant to be with Winona Ryder because the family is so it's like old-timey great Gatsby essentially and I think better because uh, it sounds like it's like old money versus new money. Except basically. It's like, except yeah. it's like this, exactly. these families in this city and yeah. that's it. Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. is old money. Michelle Pfeiffer is new money. So she's obviously still rich, but they don't accept her. And uh, Miriam Margoyles, who I believe is in Harry Potter. She's, I think, one of the professors. She's Sprout, maybe. Totally narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> so she is like the matriarch of this society. Everyone goes to her parties. And it, back in the day, you would... You leave your card, and Michelle Pfeiffer apparently doesn't have a card to Uh leave. That's where you get calling card from. And so it sets off this chain of events that everyone starts to shun her. Oh, no. Shunning's still a big thing back then, too. Yeah. And there's twists and turns, and you never expect this from the guy who had just done Goodfellas. I think he likes to talk about the reasons why society is the way it is. Because of losses. Right, but specifically in this, I think it shows where things would lead to stuff like Wolf of Wall Street or Goodfellas. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. those people in that want what the people in Age of Innocence have. So I think it's, that's just my analysis. I don't know what Corey exactly would say, but I know he, this is one of his favorite Scorsese films as well. So he's told me that before. Um, 
But yeah, I think you guys would enjoy it. It's not boring, and you you would I, think it might be. I do like <laughs> historical pieces. I am a fan of Last of the Mohicans. This holiday's coming up soon, and I don't want to repeat myself, but Groundhog Day was on three of our lists. It almost got on my list. I was, yeah. I was very, ah, I, was like, I was really, like, it's like, it's like, really Is it like my... number six? <laughs> that was like number seven. It would have been the only one that all four of us had. Yeah. So that would have been pretty cool, but we've all seen it. We all love Groundhog Day. Uh, maybe my favorite Bill Murray movie. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I liked it. Uh, I mean, like, I'm I'm not particularly attached to it, but, like, it's enjoyable. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I also like the weird subculture of, like, theories that have come up in the 30 years since then. Yeah. Like, the fact that, what, what was one of the theories, that uh, Ned, the insurance guy, is actually the devil? Oh, I've heard and that. And, like, That's he's, the one, he's yeah. the one that traps yeah. him in the loop. And That's why he meets him first. <laughs> Right, and yeah. then like, are you sure you want to go the on this loop, journey? The loop finally ends after he, you know, accepts Ned. Yeah, the, you know, the signs up for the insurance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I forget exactly. But, what <laughs> you know, and but all the the dark things like the fact that he was trapped in that loop for like ten thousand years and has become a god and then has to go to work the next day. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's mm-hmm. it's. It's a silly movie, but the more you think about it, it's just like this is. This is insane. I love the existentialism about yeah, it. Yeah. Because it gets dark. Uh, thinks about, contemplates all his, the ways he can kill himself. I like the subgenre, and I'm well known for this, uh, that I like movies that have time loops. Yeah. So this is the godfather of time travel loop movies. And it's just such a great conceit because it, the basic conceit is that everything goes wrong and you have to relive the worst day of your life over and over again. Essentially, so it's the lesson you learn from appreciating the little things. It's it's the perfect trope. And someone also apparently thought that it was a good conceit for a musical. <laughs> yeah, because I they about did that. make a Broadway show out of that one too. Hmm. Yeah, did not know that. Yeah, I think that's just part of this trend eh, of making eh, movies. It musicals. was okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually see it, but I, I've listened to the soundtrack okay. or the recording a bunch. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It reminds me more of American Psycho, though, <sighs> which was also a musical. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's get the, there. That's my least favorite. Actually, no, I what think it was two thousand. Was it two thousand? Just, just misses. Okay, well. Yeah. Um, in our spinoff series. Yeah, when we keep going, <laughs> in our forties and fifties, uh, I think this might not work if it's not Bill Murray because of his sardonic wit. Yeah, I don't know. And it's Harold Ramis. Could could you remake Groundhog Day today? I mean, you can in just a different way. I mean, you can't remake it as being Groundhog Day, but people just take that conceit and try to tweak it. So essentially, people are always remaking it yeah. because yeah. it's now being the standard for time loop. It's movies. its t- own time loop. Yeah, you're just There's reliving even a trope the time in loop. Some like sci-fi shows, right? Too. Yeah, I don't know. I. I don't think anyone would want to remake this specifically. That's the whole thing with remakes. You want to improve on something. Yeah. And doing the musical is a way of remaking it. Maybe they'll make a movie of the musical. Yeah. There should be a... Do that. Oh, my God. There should be a sequel, and it's like St. Patrick's Day, and he just keeps... He, he just can't get mm-hmm. past each holiday. I'm sure they thought about that. Yeah. I mean, there may be a movie... Sort of along those lines. Yeah. There was like, like a Korean, I forget the name of the movie, but there was like a Korean movie where like a dude goes from like, goes back to his hometown to visit and then like there's a 
thing in Korean culture where you can't turn down a drink. Hmm. So he ends up being drunk for a few years. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. That actually sounds fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about Groundhog Day. It's just one of my favorite movies. It's just... It's become, like you said, it's it's the, the gold standard of not only time loop movies, but just, you know, whenever you're going through something and it's like the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. you're like, God, this is such a fucking Groundhog Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for our number three film, we're going to go over a film, one, one dear, close and dear to my heart, called Groundhog Day. Why does this sound? There's something oh. familiar about all this. <laughs> I actually knew somebody did that. They went to go see the show. Yeah. And they kept playing. They took like a billion pictures in front of the theater. And so every day for like two oh. weeks, they'd post about how we went to go see Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's silly. Like, that's cute. I get it. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the joke. <laughs> I see. For our number two film, uh, it is actually... Mine and Jimmy's number one film, Jurassic Park. Not the best film of 93, according to our podcast. Oh, I mean, but you know, close enough. We all like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised it's not in your list, but I mean... Gotta... It was It was like six or seven on well, the list. That makes sense, yeah. It was... like your friends? Game. Well, no, because... It Army was of Darkness so... makes sense. Listen, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to screw things up. We know this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's why well, we love you. That's we'll your, that's your we'll, engineering we'll, we'll, quality. We'll, we'll, we'll wait until later in the discussion. Yeah. So Actually, no, I think I didn't done. not like it. It was just, this is the, the, the Hidden Gems podcast, so I'm going for the ones that oh. are not the super blockbusters oh, necessarily. Yeah, no. no, I went with what are my favorite films. You're, yeah, so you're a purist. Well, yeah. also... Uh, a hidden Gems purist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my thing is... My three favorite films are three films from 93, like we sort of said in the last episode, yeah. where I love Homeward Bound just as much as Tombstone and Jurassic Park, so mm. it's hard to choose which one really When you is. think about it, they're all kind of the same. Well, Homeward Bound and Tombstone are the same movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> Go, three, yeah, no, three because pets Shadow's got a gun down uh, the uh, porcupine after yep. uh, took down... Uh, yep. He's wounded. Yeah. The there is the that bear attack. The, uh, yeah, the pit bull. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Chance. Chance, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sassy uh, does woo, oh, win over the boys, yeah. like Dana Delaney in Tombstone. Uh, it's yeah. the same movie. <laughs> I mean, there's like like Americana landscapes. I do enjoy the part where the Earps are uh, dr- driving in their stagecoach and singing along to. Uh, uh, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> <laughs> or that's what that's what Tang Walla Ping Bang. That's the song. Witch Doctor. Witch Doctor, not Witch is Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jurassic Park, though. Uh, there's been enough said about it, but we didn't really go into it in depth because we knew it would probably be in our top five. So I don't know. Maybe, what's your favorite part of Jurassic Park? Since we have to narrow that down. The effects. I mean, I love. I I do love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're like, not excluded from this. No, it was just. It's it's everyone's favorite cautionary tale about scientific capitalism. They, I mean, they didn't stop to think if they should. Right. I mean, the dinosaurs. Sure. Just it's, dinosaurs. Exactly. You know. Like I don't like. What's your favorite dinosaur in this movie? We all know mine's the Dilophosaurus. I mean... And that might be my favorite part of it. Once I realized that people would be killed in this movie, 
I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. The I love, Raptors. I love the attacks. Yeah, those, it's the Raptors. Yeah. yeah. It's the Raptors. Like, they're, 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 the, they're the, they're the villains of the movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I make... Well, villains, quote unquote, really, the villain is, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the Jurassic uh, World series, suddenly they're friends with Owen, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what would you rather have, a scary uh, kitchen scene or riding on a motorcycle with Raptors? A scary kitchen scene. Yeah. I agree. Always scary. I do like Jurassic scene. World, but yeah. that's a different no. discussion. I mean, you know, it's for a different generation. Like, yeah, they got they they got a good get, idea. Yeah, they got to get hyped into it. Like, yeah, like people don't want to think too much. They're just like, oh, you know, capitalism bad. Let yeah. the dinosaurs but, roam free along yeah. all over the earth, alongside us humans. When you know they they could easily stomp us out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, nobody really thought about dinosaurs too much until that movie came out. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh my god, this is this is what they looked like. This is the thing. It determined, I mean, they basically named a dinosaur after Spielberg or like they helped name dinosaurs oh, because yeah. of his depiction of the Velociraptor. Like the oh, Utah yeah. Raptor that was found later is the size he made the raptors when they're basically like knee level. They're basically the compsognathus. <laughs> I was going to say, you remember how like uh, I had this thing where like I believed when I was that age that Magic. when people died <laughs> yeah. in a movie, they actually died, and the director just spun a wheel like, "Who's gonna die on set today?" Because I was aware that movies were made. <laughs> every like, movie. What a, a wild s- childhood! Every movie is. Oh, yeah. a I want to know about the gap month yeah, between like, you realizing was... that Wayne Knight was still alive. <laughs> okay, so I didn't yeah. see him as Newman till For well after like ninety five so, or ninety six. So like, yeah. So like, I was, he's was, back. He's alive. Uh, <laughs> he's like, alive. Uh, I mean, I imagine I a little Jimmy weeping with like, joy that he didn't kill Wayne. But because I also like the other day, I was thinking, I was like, oh wow, I just I can't believe like for some reason I it, did, it didn't register like when I was a kid, it didn't register register to me that like Mr. Arnold Samuel L. Jackson's character had died. Mm-hmm. So when the arm fell on Ellie, I was like, whose arm is that? <laughs> I was like colorblind. I didn't think oh the only black guy. I was like, yeah. whose arm is that? It's not Mr. Arnold. It can't be. Him. But he had he been in die. that space. That's the whole point. He's the tough guy. You knew he was there. He survived. And someone's like, no, he's dead, Jim. I was like, what, what? He died? He's dead, Jim. (laughs) Fortunately, like, I didn't expect Samuel L. Jackson to be dead in real life. Right. Like, he survived. Right. Like, Spielberg couldn't have killed him. That was clearly a prosthetic (laughs) arm. Yeah. (laughs) It very much is. That's the funniest part of this movie. It's, like, very clearly not an arm. Yeah. For all the special effects they did, they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, we couldn't film this scene because of the hurricane. Yeah, yes. but for, for a, get, a, get an arm and paint it for, for a while, Wayne Knight was dead to me. <laughs> so weird. But I can only imagine, like, the, the, the joint reaction when he shows up on Seinfeld and Jerry's just like, Newman, and Jimmy's just like, Newman! <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing... That, that, that movie must have done hella sales for Barbasol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I didn't know that that was a real thing. Spare no I, I thought, until I saw. Uh, I thought well, it was yeah, a whipped cream exactly. company because right. they put it. On oh the, sure. Yeah, on I did think it was whipped cream. Yeah, but I, I did too. Was, I didn't my think mom had to tell me what that was. I didn't yeah. know that they could have real brands in movies when I saw this. So sure. I was just like, "That's not a real thing." And then when I saw it in the store, I'm like, "The Jurassic Park shaving cream? Yeah, are there so in there? Is it, is it open? Yeah." And I think I got that for, tri- for Christmas one year. I think I got something. Yes, nothing. It's a fake a statue. Nothing inside. <laughs> It's legal now. It's embryos. So our number one film. It was a very close call. Jurassic Park <clears throat> got 10 points. 
but this number one film got 11. Oh. And I already sort of mentioned it because it is my other favorite film, but Tombstone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was on three of our lists as well. Yeah. So was that, that on my helped. list? I think. It was lower on the. It, yours no, was lower. It was, I it have was the definitely. structure. I think. I have. I wrote it down. I don't think it made it in my top five. Yeah, I see, think. Look. Yeah, I, I wrote down was, who has it. So Corey and I both had it as our second film, Jimmy had it as his third. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Tombstone when we were talking yeah. about the dogs. So, uh, I went into it very extensively in the last episode, so we don't have to discuss it, but I love westerns, and this is probably why. Tombstone is uh. one of the few westerns that I actually do enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, I, I will I will go with you on that. Yeah, I liked it. With Tombstone, unlike the other movies, which I've seen relatively close to that time, I actually saw that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Interesting. Funny story. You always talk about how you used to pretend to be like Muldoon in the backyard of your oh, house. Or well, something. you know. Well. Yeah. You. you I, the, the other half the time I was the Velociraptor. Sure. So I switched it up. Being a fucking dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I really was a Velociraptor. I. Uh, I. Did we see Step Brothers together? Because if we did, I. Yeah. I can imagine both of us laughing way too much. Oh yeah. No. No. Uh, no. Yeah. But I was also pretending to be Doc Holliday. So, I was doing both. It was, these two movies were way too yeah. formative. You see, you know, like, uh, with the Muldoon thing, it was like, it was like I, I, I pretended to be Alan Grant, but, like, on 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 the sly, it was, like, half Muldoon, too. Mm-hmm. It was like, They're cow- both similar. Cowboys yeah. and dinosaurs. Yeah. They both have and, cool and, hats. And, and, and in lieu of a shotgun as a kid, I ran around with a... Uh, Stick? No. An E-11 blaster <laughs> instead. See, I always... I was I was more of a Jeff Goldblum. Well, he was my favorite was, right away, but then yeah. the more I thought about it, I wanted to be Muldoon. Sorry, we're going back. No, that's okay. talking Tombstone. Do you have a favorite part of Tombstone? The gunfights. I like the pew pew bang bang with the pop pop with the that all that fun stuff. Kurt Russell's mustache. Oh my god, it's so good. I love when he shoots the moon. He's so mad about his brother dying, and he shoots at the moon. It's great. He made that up. I don't think that actually happened. Kurt Russell just wanted to do that. Oh. So, he just randomly does things that are like, okay, shoots at the moon, breaks a guitar, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is what we do now. Yeah. That's what he's always done. Yeah. Think of Breaking what? Chinatown, oh, you know. I know what I was going to say there. I don't think I told this story last episode, but there was one time I woke up, Jimmy was watching Tombstone on the television upstairs back when our apartment was the split one, and I walk out of the room to go upstairs. And I hear a music cue, and I say the next line of Tombstone. And Jim was like, how? How did you know? <laughs> like, could you hear it happening? I'm like, no, I heard a music cue, and I knew the next line. Well, funny if That's how much I know that movie. Well, funny if you yelled it, like, from the bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm that way with Back to the Future, too. Yeah. The like, other things were like, I've, I've listened to the score, and I'm like, I know exactly what's happening on... Right. Screen. I can do that, that with time. three things Jurassic Park, Tombstone, and Firefly. Yeah. I don't have to watch Firefly anymore. I can just hear it and I know what shots are happening. Yeah. So, same with those two movies. So, that's a pretty good top five, I think. Uh, a little bit more fluid than uh, last year, where mm. all of us were fluid. included. I mean, last year we had 19 different films between us. So, yeah. Uh, just nice to all sort of agree, and it's a nice confluence, that's the word I was looking for, not fluidity, mm. uh, of I, ideas. I still use fluid. Yeah. Uh, Nobody minds fluids. Yeah, it's cool. Did you want to talk about any of your uh, honorable mentions? Or oh, uh, 
Well, the ones that I had were, I mean, there, there were a couple things that were on my list that, you know, we never really got to talk about. Corey might have been surprised that I didn't have a perfect world in my top five, but I think it was number eight. Yeah. I mean... Number seven for me. It was Robin Hood Men and Tights. Mm-hmm. You know, which also came out this year. I don't Huge love. Mel Brooks fan. Yeah. So, that's what I grew up on. I like Mel Brooks a lot, but that's maybe my least favorite of his. Yeah. Not a bad film, I no. just wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. The all-time greatest video game adaptation ever. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was with, on my list. With Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo came yeah. out this year. A cyberpunk fever dream on the on the realm of shorts. Uh, oh. The wrong trousers. The Wallace and Gromit short. Oh, oh what? You brought that up I on your own? Oh, man, I would have totally... The anniversary... Is tomorrow. We're recording on the 16th, so this is coming out today. But yeah. Yeah, tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of The Wrong Trousers, which yeah. in my opinion is the best Wallace and Gromit short. Oh, yeah. I love it. it I is. love yeah, A Close Shave as well. Nice. Yeah. The other two were fine as well, but... The birth of the greatest villain in cinema history. I'm yeah. so happy that you brought that up. Yeah? Because uh, I, I wrote it as the yeah. only note to have at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so that came out naturally. Yes. Yeah. I want to watch that now. We, we have it. I have. I, I bought yeah. the collection on Emma that we could watch. We should watch it while we're eating lunch after. Uh, what was it? So uh, good. So. I love the Grand Day Out. Yeah. You know they made. They're making a VR game. Really? Of that. Yeah. Of There's that an actual. One. Well, not that. It's it's sort of like. Wallace and Gromit world. It's it's the Wallace and Gromit. Th- I think it's partially based on that, and there's like elements I mean, from other Sheep things. Sort of but it's it. like, you're in that world. Fine by me. Yeah. Like. Guess I got to get my VR. So guns. finally, my right exactly. Yeah. That's why I need them. So then, um, have you ever seen uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit? The feature? Yes. Yeah? You like I that? Have. I was obsessed with that. Yeah. I honestly think that might be uh, above all five films. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our number one. Yeah, that should be real. our number one. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. I mean, this is a special segment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, greatest thing to come out of 93. I uh, wanted to have the second half of this video, uh, our, our discussion, like the last two years, we uh, talked about what won the Oscars, and uh, we all picked different things, specific categories, and we've been rotating the last few years. We're going to keep doing different oh. ones, so we all have our own chance to choose Best Actress, Best Actor, Screenplay, Director, and Best Picture. We all choose together. I have screenplays, so I'm going to go first. Usually that's what we have go first, and so I'll just roll into it. Usually they have um, the best original screenplay, like something written for the screen, and then they have best adapted screenplay. So they had for uh, screenplay written directly for the screen was The Piano, and uh, adaptation was Schindler's List, which comes from Thomas Canale's book, Schindler's Ark. Hmm. You know, Thomas Canale is the man who wrote American Scoundrel. Hmm. So, uh, anywho... I uh, agree that those films are definitely great choices, but off the top of my head, the first things I thought, one of my top five this year was Dave, which I thought was a great film, and I was like, I shouldn't pick something that's just like a light comedy. It was also nominated against the piano. So I'm going to go with Dave as my choice for best screenplay. Okay. Um, It's a smart uh, precursor to the West Wing. Um, It has a light touch for what's going on in politics, but it's it's just a fun film, a showcase for both uh, Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. So, just 
great all around. And I think I would choose Age of Innocence for adaptation just because it's so well drawn out. Mm -hmm. But I talked about that enough for Corey. So yeah. So those would be my choices for screenplay. Up next is uh, Jimmy. I was going to have you go next with your best actor choice. Oh, yeah. My best actor choice was Lance Henriksen. For which movie? Mario Brothers. <laughs> he picked Lance Henriksen. Because he was king. I didn't realize. Like, when I saw it, I was like, well, he was, he was in that? I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick him because I didn't realize. I never knew he's he was in He's barely in that movie. Yeah, I know. He was like, he's barely. But on, honestly, the real reason is because like he's he's in a lot of things like in movies and television in my childhood. So like I kind of went with like the route that you do with your uh, back when you did the uh, the Edgars, where you had that like honorary. Th- so it's a kind like of a lifetime achievement. Award. Yeah, so you're getting a I'm, lifetime I'm, achievement I'm, award. Yeah, to a cameo <laughs> yeah. in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, All right. listen. Yeah. I'm hacking the system. The man, man. the man likes what he likes. I want him to have this. Jeff Jeff made it up last year. uh, One of us has to screw up the data. (laughs) I don't care. That's your choice. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I'm not going to argue. I'm I'm, I'm just going to tell you who was actually nominated and who won. I agree. Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia. Didn't Lance Henriksen die in Super Mario Brothers? Isn't that the whole thing? He's like dying, so yeah, he's he's the King fungus. Koopa wants to take over. He's in the movie the whole time. He's the fungus. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Well, at least you saw Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little uh, less lighthearted. They had Tom Hanks up against Lawrence Fishburne for what's the love got to do with it? Daniel Day Lewis for In the Name of the Father. Anthony Hopkins for The Remains of the Day, and Liam Neeson for Schindler's List. So you think Lance Henriksen was better than Oscar Schindler? <laughs> no, but... And being a Goomba, yes. value. <laughs> yeah. Going based on that, yes, sir. I like it. All right. I do what I want. I do what I please. I'll accept it. I went, I went with my choice, and I'm stand by it. Listen, you shouldn't give American us this much power. <laughs> I know. I cannot... Iterate I'm, that. I'm learning anymore. not to control. I'm learning to accept things that I cannot control. <laughs> He's trying to delegate, and it's not going so well. <laughs> I'm testing his. No, patience. this is this is sort of what, what I was hoping for back when I said let's all pick no matter what. Uh, yeah. Because then it could be whatever you want. Exactly. It's a lively discussion. Not what I would. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. This children in the corner over again. It's turn. Yeah. All right. So Corey. Picked yeah. Best Actress, and he's going with Sally Field for Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, I'm fine with that. It's fine. Also, yeah. sort of off the board, but after Lance Henriksen, it's not as <laughs> crazy as you'd think. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> you had you had you had uh, objections before Lance Henriksen. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, she goes instead of Angela Bassett for What's Love Got to Do With It, uh, Stalker Channing for Six Degrees of Separation, Emma Thompson for The Remains of the Day, Deborah Winger for Shadowlands, and the winner was Holly Hunter for The Piano. Uh. So I actually think Sally Field did quite a good job in Mrs. Doubtfire. She holds the fort down while Rob Williams gets through all his antics. So. Yeah. But she's no Lance Henriksen. 
She'll get there someday. <laughs> One yeah. day. Yeah, she needs to find herself inside a massive fungal suit. Yeah. Well, hey, The Last of Us is still... Yeah. Could you imagine she Sally Field making a cameo in The Last of Us? She was in an HBO show recently that just got canceled. That um, Winning Time about the Lakers. Oh, oh right. So, mm. yeah. She plays John C. Riley's mother. She's kind of cool. She's very good in it. No Lance Henriksen. Yeah, no. <laughs> She's no Lance <laughs> Oh boy. So. Happy holiday. Who would you choose for best director? Do you know the winner? I don't, actually. I can think about it. But I chose. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, I chose Spielberg. Ah. Because. There you go. The man released both Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. So you're giving it to him like, for both films, really? Yeah. That's, like, that's fine. That's like, as a director, like, he unleashed both. A blockbuster tentpole massive success and his passion project movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was also, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about Jurassic Park, like, he was kind of like Christopher Nolan of his time at that time. Yeah, he's where, burgeoning where, like, and his... everyone's like, oh, he's doing fun family films like E.T. Well, he tried to get his Oscar with Jaws and Close Encounters. Well, sort of it was, I, I was thinking more like from the, the research and art direction aspect of it because when Jurassic Park came out, that was everybody's idea of what dinosaurs were. And it was for the next 25 years. And like it was scientific papers have been written about the anatomies of the things in Jurassic Park, the puppets sure. in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Where Both films like were heavily influential. Like when Christopher Nolan did, did Interstellar, and all that, like the same type of thing happened where for the special effects, they ended up accidentally discovering things for the Quantum real physics. science yeah. behind this stuff. Yeah, no one is very interestingly involved in things that his films are about. Yeah, so he did that for like a fun dinosaur movie for yeah. the tie-in merchandise, and he also did one of the greatest Holocaust films of all time. Right, if not like, he. Yeah. Right. And a film that is cited by, I think, the Showa organization as what you need to show people about what happened. Right. So. So, and he unleashed both of those in the same year. So, yeah, he gets best yeah, director. Yeah. I don't think, like, if he had never done a thing again, that's his legacy. Yeah. No like matter what, when he dies, his grave will say Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Even more than everything else he's done. Like, you could have one of those films. The Star of David with the... Dinosaur logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, the, it's like the Jurassic the, uh, the Park Jurassic logo Park with the Star of David, with the, with the Jaws mouth underneath it, and yeah, we're just I mean, gonna—it's gonna, gonna be a bad day. We're just gonna design Spielberg's epitaph. <laughs> anyway, I was saying though, it's—it's it's honestly like anyone says this about Spielberg, you could take any one of his films and be jealous that he made that. That's like, it would be a miracle to make like Close Encounters. And be happy about just that. But yeah. to have like 12 to 20 great films. Yeah. Like, and these two are monumental achievements. Right. And he's doing them at the same time. Yeah. Like literally editing in Poland while filming Schiller's List. Yeah. He's editing Jurassic Park. So, crazy. So, um, but that is who won. Is it? Okay. Um, it was a no-brainer, I'm sure, for oh, Schiller's yeah. List. Oh, yeah. And he uh, actually won... Over, I believe I went away because I looked up Lance Henriksen's filmography. 
Uh, did you know he had seven films in 93 and you chose Super Mario <laughs> Brothers? Mm-hmm. Seven films. Oi, also. Yeah, why not? He's, <laughs> he, he does a lot. He's a very busy man. He's, he's the... He is the... Between 92 yeah, and 93... <laughs> yeah, between 92 and 95, he's in like 30 films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? See why I picked him? He had a bigger role in Excessive Force. Oh, yeah. He was in that poster boy we did a couple months ago, Man's Best Friend. I just, I just wanted him. to name drop Mario. The one with the dog that was like, blurry. Mm. Oh, the one that was drop like the, 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 the mm. horror one? Yeah. The dog... Yeah. Is yeah. mute, like they look like muting. a comedy? Kinda. Yeah. It's like White Dog, but with Lance Henderson. Anyhow. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Well, you're a huge Lance Henderson fan. You should watch it. <laughs> Who did? So, uh, the, the other directors that uh, Spielberg was up against were Jim Sheridan for In the Name of the Father, Jane Campion for The Piano, <coughs> uh, which I believe she won screenplay. Yeah, so she at least won an Oscar that year. Uh, James Ivory for the remains of the day, he would not win until Call Me By Your Name in 2014. Mm. He had that whole Ivory and Merchant series of films that he made and just constantly overlooked. And everyone said the remains of the day was one of his best. And of course, it's up against Schindler's List. Mm. So mm. that probably would have won if, that hadn't, if Schindler's List hadn't come out. And then Robert Altman for Shortcuts, which came out earlier in the year. Sort of like an outlier from what else was being nominated for the Oscars. Not nominated for picture. That was the same five, except instead of shortcuts, uh, The Fugitive was also nominated for Best Picture. So, which was my number ten. Just to say, love that movie. But I mean, we could just go with what we were talking about for our best top five. Uh, what would you guys choose for Best Picture? You can think of it as like an. A, not esteem, but um, credibility standpoint. Like Schindler's List is the best picture out there. You think about like the austere nature oh, of it. Yeah. But you could also go with something like Jurassic Park or Tombstone that are crowd-pleasing blockbusters. So I don't know if I would choose Tombstone over Schindler's List. But No, but are we, are we picking a second best picture? Or? We're picking best picture. This is what we usually do at the end. You can pick the one that you chose as top five, but it's what you think should have won best picture. I honestly think Schindler's List yeah. is the one that needs to win. Yeah, like, no, we said when it came uh, up yeah. last month, how do you pick against it? Yeah. That's, so, yeah. I think you agree, Jimmy? Or do you want to go with Super Mario Brothers? I, mean, I'm also... <laughs> I was thinking it, but like you said it for me, so thanks. <laughs> See... I, I, I also don't want to, you know, make the same mistake twice because I haven't seen Schindler's List. Really? Oh, we talked about so. this. It's a tough film to want to watch. So. Yeah, it's yeah, not like... No, it's like it's, it's we should a, do it that eventually. It ain't a popcorn eventually. flick. Yeah. So. Yeah. You should come over. Really I do, I do like, want I do want to. I just, should, has Jen have, seen, have you seen Have you seen, I think so. have you seen Hotel Rwanda? Rwanda? No. That's a love oh, film, God. too. Yeah, that's no, another that's, one that's that you're like, love Donald Cheadle, don't want to pop it on. This ain't movie night. Yeah. Like uh, Twelve Years a Slave is rough, but it's so well done. It's, yeah, I, yeah. You can't like I had to sit down and take the day to watch Twelve Years a Slave. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. All three of those were like that. Anyway, I think that's good. What do you, What do you guys feel like you learned from this year? Anything that you thought of the whole time we were making all these episodes, uh, like themes that kept rising? Well, it's Lance starting Henrickson to see the, uh, kept popping up. Seeing the evolution of uh, like uh, the, 
aesthetic color choices for like lighting, uh, change in s- style when it's like hair, clothes, like so, like it's just like the feel for the era. Mm-hmm. So and that's finally, what sticks out for finally me. Finally pushing the eighties behind us, no yeah. more like weird Cause, colors. Because like, the previous years, it was like residual eighties, like that, like because like you Especially still had you still years. had some films that were filmed in the eighties, but was put out in ninety or ninety one. Now, now we're getting we're getting into what is the nineties. Yeah, yeah. This is the first year I felt that really. So. Well, I mean that makes sense with the the See, wave because you know these happens. movies have been, well, the third year into the decade, things that have been in development since eighty nine yeah, are written, suddenly like, written in ninety or ninety one yeah, or something. Yeah, that are finally I think they released. Were, the book Jurassic Park came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah. So, the the bidding wars were happening as it was being published. So that was started to be starting development then. So that's finally within the decade itself. Same your... for stuff like the piano, like probably within the last two years, that sort of thing. Yeah. So. What were your favorite movies that we <laughs> talked about this year? Well, that's why I brought up a, a Perfect World. I think that got to my number seven spot. So that's probably my favorite mm-hmm. one we did. Though I noticed as I was going through it, Jack the Bear was pretty high. I'd forgotten about it, but I did like that a lot. Danny DeVito did a really good job. Like, I might have picked him for best actor. Yeah. So. Uh, I did like Jack the Bear. What was the other one? Geronimo actually made it onto Jimmy's list. The oh, only yeah. one of our 20 spots. You're not going to believe my choice. What's your choice? Music of Chance. Really? You actually think about that a lot? I do. Because hmm. hmm. it's... It was one of the more bizarre ones that we watched. Not clearly a blockbuster, not clearly a, mm-hmm. you know, rom-com. Or it was just two good guys in a bad situation. Literally, yeah. Our our and that's motto. our theme. That's our theme. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was just it it was a good movie. I don't know. I also liked Hot Shots Part Two. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fun that we got to watch that. Hot Obviously, show. one of the more popular ones we covered, but the yeah. genre is something I miss all the time. Yeah, the spoof movies. I don't know how to do it myself, otherwise, I'd want to try and revive it. Well, it's too. I mean, we got into this discussion when we did that episode. It's too difficult to do spoof movies these days because the market is so saturated with things. Right. You know, back then, there were four or five movies a month that everybody knew New. about. And so, it became like, and it was the same thing in the in theaters for like months at a time. Right. So everybody knew about it, and then it's like, oh, these are the tropes. But now there's like twenty four movies a month. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. all in theaters for less than a week. So. And then oh, the yeah. new versions of these parodies were always so, not broad, like these older ones were, but they were so specific that they were too late. It was to too do the timely. Joke. Yeah, yeah, like the joke would, it would be like making a movie about a meme. Yeah, and then it's stuck in development hell. So that like by the time it comes right. out, the meme's been dead and gone for. Right, that's literally what it was. Those yeah. were the first. That's why I think South Park took the reins, because they can do something so quickly. They will be timely. Yeah. So I, I think that's where we have to appreciate it. It's just evolved. Yeah, because like South Park was able to knock out like a, like a, episode, within a week during like an election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do. I don't know if you've ever seen Six Days to Air. It's an HBO documentary about the making of South Park. Oh, yeah. And like how they just follow their whole... Yeah, they obviously... they do that. They make the show in a it week. It comes out Wednesday, but they obviously might not get something that happened Tuesday in there. But that'll be in the next episode. So... Yeah. Yeah. 
It's by Monday they'll have started animating finally, but yeah. they have the like broad strokes and then it can it's, stay timely. It's more of a current event show than well, a lot of current event shows, right? Which is weird. Well, that was the benefit an anime, of uh, yeah. the original format, the uh, cut cutout animation, right? Because you know, like it's basically just like flat puppets. Yeah. So that's why the motions right. look the way that they did. Right. So uh, when they when they moved to digital, it's like it's just still. Still the same thing, but, frame, now, but yeah. now they could introduce CGI into it and like, yeah, do well, some CGI, other But then it's also just like, you don't need to waste time cutting and pasting yeah, the actual. Like, yeah, it's honestly the way they write it is kind of like how Last Week Tonight yeah. has stuff where they have a a broad topic that they discuss for the bulk of the episode, but they have little things that just came up the day of our airing, so mm. we can talk about them right now. We had a good joke. Let's put it in. Yeah. So they could have a story about Cartman. Yeah. And he's facing off something that's been in the news the last week, yeah. but then oh. something funny that comes up can be added in. Yeah. And, it, and it's very limited animation, too, right. like on top of the you know puppetry aspect of it. Because like the, if you notice when they walk, their motions take like, yeah. little, well, we like, little bounces. We're, what, four years out from... 97 or 96? I, know I think the it's mo- The movie came out in 98. Was it 98 or 99? I think 99. Yeah. Okay. So eventually... <laughs> We'll be talking about it on the podcast. Yep. Well, I think this is the first time we've really... I, I think Corey might have brought it up once. What, South Park? Yeah. Oh! Parker and Stone developed South Park from two animated short films, both titled The Spirit of Christmas. That's why. Yeah. This time last year, Corey mentioned that <clears throat> Yeah. The Spirit of Christmas came out around December 92. So he had actually was it, brought it was 92? I thought it was like 92. The very first short was yeah. 92. And they did another one in 95, and they were... The second one was one of the first internet viral videos leading to the series production. The pilot episode was produced using cutout animation. It debuted in 97. So. Interesting. And my parents, 14th anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary, parents. <laughs> so. Classic. Yeah. So, good year. Good tires. And um, that's a wrap on 1993. Yeah. I think that went well. Like a Spotify wrapped, but yeah. not. Thanks for... Uh, wrapped rejections. Raptor. Doing this with us. Oh, my God. Wrapped rejections. Raptor. It's just the Raptors, Raptor. but it's... it's like a well, that's been our theme. The first episode of our podcast was Jurassic World. Yay. Full circle. Mm-hmm. We tried to just like the Jurassic Park in every episode.